This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, one of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. Well, to do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Aplos just might be the solution you're looking for. Aplos is made specifically for nonprofits to manage fund accounting, donations, and your people. So go to nonprofit.aplos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. Welcome to the show, everybody. You know, development and fundraising for nonprofits is always a challenge and perhaps one of the hardest things we face. And COVID-19 has made development even more challenging, right? Now, how are we as nonprofits supposed to respond to these challenges? What do we do now that most of our regular means of fundraising have been shut down by COVID? Is it time to completely retool our fundraising strategy? These and many other questions are racing through our minds, I know. And my guest today is an expert on development within the nonprofit sector, and you do not want to miss her insights on this episode. Because my guest is Kathy LeMay, and she has been a global social change fundraiser and philanthropic advisor for more than 25 years. In fact, she started her work in 1993 when she traveled to the Balkans and worked with women survivors of rape genocide camps. And since then, Kathy has traveled the world. She's raised more than $175 million for global social change with an emphasis on supporting grassroots women leaders. She's also a published author, a sought-after speaker, director of philanthropy at Amazon Watch, and in her spare time, when she has a little bit, an alpaca and goat farmer, which I think is great. Now, you're going to be really inspired today by Kathy's words and insights, so I encourage you now to take out your notepad and start writing. Enjoy today's show. Now you get to interact with a lot of nonprofits, um, both those that are struggling and those that are just really successful. Could you give us two examples of nonprofits that you're familiar with um, who are really doing development and fundraising really well? Now, maybe this is before COVID, maybe it's still now during COVID. Just in general, what are those organizations you look up to to say they're doing it right and my listeners could really learn a lot from them? When I think of two or three that pop in my head as I one, I think they're really bringing their full humanity to every conversation. I think they are relationship-driven versus um, budget scarcity-driven. Um, they don't have a sense of entitlement. There isn't, we're doing such good work. I put my life into this. People need to fund it. None of, there's none of that language. It's very much, what are we doing that would compel someone to feel that this is one of the best places to put their philanthropic resources and are we helping them to understand that and for people who are giving these groups are thoughtfully saying every day do the people who have given to us understand the impact of their gifts have we done enough good enough job i have never no matter when we're in an economic boon or a bust um, i have never once heard a donor say to me you know what I know too much of? I know way too much of the impact of the groups I give to. Way too much. Boy, they, no. Most donors say to me, hey, I don't really know. 
I think it's going well. I get a lot of e-blasts and there's every once in a while a report in the mail, but if somebody were to say to them, name three things this group has accomplished that are meaningful to you, most donors cannot answer that question. That's then on us. We haven't then done the job to say, I wanna take time for you to understand the impact of your gift. The groups doing that are raising the most amount of money right now. We're going donor by donor with an email and saying, we had these successes, you're a critical part of that. If I hadn't relayed that to you properly before or adequately, my apologies, I want you to understand the impact of what you're creating. And that, when you come from that place of thinking about the possibility of more giving versus the fear the giving will stop, whichever mindset you have, you're going to create the strategies from that mindset. And I'm getting a lot of emails that are sky is falling. And I just think, how can I save it? You, I feel like you're asking me in this list to save it. And where will you be three months from now? Well, there is, is there another rescue that has to happen? Versus a group that just wrote to me and said, while times are tough, we just got tougher. And I was like, all right, that's how it's done. Um, and they're managing their internal stress on their own and not putting this, their stress on the donor base. What they did is lifted up the story of the mission and the programs and the work and invited me into that versus inviting me into, can you help solve this crisis for us? Um, it is never a donor's job to fund an organization's budget. It is a donor's opportunity to help fulfill a mission. And the groups that focus on mission fulfillment and not funding a budget are the groups right now that I'm seeing raising the most amount of money. That's an interesting perspective, as you mentioned, that when you do come across as the sky is falling, like you said, you're putting pressure on the donor to try to fix the issue or the problem within the nonprofit. I think it's a really interesting perspective. I didn't think about it in that way, but you're right. Um, and I know for me personally, that turns me off. So you're right. I think sometimes uh, maybe we get so tunnel vision because we just really need money uh, right now and we get desperate a bit perhaps that we don't yeah. think through the messaging and how that is coming across to a donor that's really, really good, good advice. Um, okay, now in-person events, uh, they've been yeah. scratched across the board and you and I have talked about this in previous uh, phone calls, yes. um, right? I mean, that's a big deal because for a lot of nonprofits, like that's their primary way of fundraising is through these big events, silent auctions, live auctions, as we joke about, you know, rubber chicken dinners, you know, those kind of yeah. things happen all the time. And they've yeah. been pretty much canceled. COVID has pretty much said no more, right? And very few places around the country are doing them. Now, some are doing hybrid. A lot of people are doing things online to kind of, you know, uh, replace those in-person events. Um, what's your take on this? First of all, like, so say some people had normally would have some urine events that were typically in person, they can't do it. What's your recommendation to them? Number one, how to do a successful online event and is anyone doing a successful online event? And number two, what's kind of your uh, prognostication, if you will, for next spring and next summer, even like when are we going to be able to go back to in-person events or should we start planning now for the next six to nine months that we're not going to be able to really do in-person events for a long time and therefore let's plan now to do a creative solution around uh, an in-person event. In other words, just don't plan on it and so let's do something different. What's your advice to nonprofit leaders when it comes to that? 
Yeah, uh, such so such good questions. Um, so I also was re recalling back in 2008-9 when financial services firms were under a microscope and they suddenly said, we have to be more thoughtful about where we're putting money because we're getting paid attention to in a whole new way. So these are corporations would buy $50,000, $100,000 tables at nonprofits and send eight employees for the night and suddenly the people watching them with that money are, would say, well, what's the impact of that money of buying a table at an event? So events were put under and event sponsorships were put under great scrutiny. And in order for people to have successful events after 0809, or nonprofits had to pivot that and say, it has to be less about that. And what does it have to be more of? So it's not the first time we've had to pivot how we think about what is the function of a fundraising event. And I remember talking to groups who would have fundraising events and break even and asking, is it a fundraising event if you don't raise any money? I mean, if you're Good breaking point. even Good all question. the time, uh -huh. can we technically call it a fundraising event? Yeah. And so for many people, when you, when you distill it, Robin, really look at it, it's a chance to bring people together who share values and interest in this mission all together in a room. Um, when people, that, you know, all the data suggests that when people see groups of other people getting behind a cause, they're more likely um, because they think, look at all these people behind it. There, there's something good going on here. Then they see leaders from the organization, their confidence is improved. So I think the main purpose of those fundraising events, while some, I've certainly been in rooms that have raised a lot of money, for the most part, they've been about cultivation, engagement, and retention at their core. How to hold on to people who could have a shiny bell for a new, the new nonprofit on the scene, and how do you not lose those people to the shiny bell? So if their function really at their core outside of raising some money is engagement and retention and stewardship, how do we shift that for the times in which we live? And here's what is a bit challenging right now for fundraisers. How we historically have done great engagement and stewardship is one-on-one -on -one meetings, site visits to what our work is, if we're able to show it as a site visit, and events. And now suddenly, those three primary drivers of how we raise money just went bye-bye. So we now have to adapt. And the way I know how to do it is to get on the phone with donors and say, so in the past, we've done these wonderful events together. We're not going to do them anymore. What would you like us to do? to keep you connected to this mission and for you to understand that you're, even though you're not in a room with everyone, you're still, you're critically important and you're fueling it and keeping it forward. What we always forget to do in development, Rob, and when in doubt, ask donors. They hold everything in their brains that could create our development strategy. It's literally every answer you want lives in them. It's right there. And if you ask, they will tell you. They will literally say, oh my God, don't go to trouble of doing a whole virtual event. Maybe instead you can just write an appeal letter to all of us who've been giving a lot, right? I've been on a bunch, I've logged into a bunch of virtual events. And the reason I think they haven't been successful is folks are trying to recreate what we've done at galas on Zoom and it's not transferable. 
You can't have the ED or board chair standing up there thanking corporate sponsors out of the gate. I mean, that first three minutes in, you're already going exit, leave the room, right? It's a little harder when it's in person and you're being bored by someone on stage. You can't, you're like, if I get up, <laughs> everyone, everyone's going to see uh-huh. me leave. I'm just going to pretend I'm going to the bathroom. But this is a chance for us, instead of saying, oh, no, what are we going to do? To say, how do we do engagement stewardship and retention better? If we, how do we do it better? And the answer lives in the donors. So my invitation to you all is choose five to seven donors who you have a good connection with and call them and say, you know, we do this event. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do it. We don't want to just pull together some 40-minute virtual event and get a well-known person to come and do. That's a lot of time and energy for something you may not want. So what do you think? What would you like to hear or see from us that would provide meaning and value to your experience with this organization? And then bring some of that thinking back to your ED, your development team, your board, and say, so we have something to work with here. But don't try and replicate what you used to do in rooms. It just goes abysmally wrong. Well, one of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. Well, to do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Aplos just might be the solution you're looking for. Aplos is made specifically for nonprofits to manage fund accounting, donations, and your people. So go to nonprofit.aplos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. As you think about nonprofits in general, and between now and say next spring or even go into next summer with all the challenges that we're facing now and we'll continue to face potentially and you know fundraising challenges of no in-person events and having to redo how we do our fundraising what are two or three things you feel like are most important that nonprofits should put in place now and start putting you know maybe it's an infrastructure thing they need to do a leadership decision they need to make what are two or three things they should start doing now so that when spring and summer of next year hit They're not just surviving, but they're actually moving forward and potentially even thriving. What would you recommend my listeners who are nonprofit leaders to do now? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. Um, One, I would, you know, the U.S. is very likely going to fall off an economic cliff at some point. I I think that that's, you know, I think when Goldman Sachs says that's going to happen, and that's a fairly conservative firm, and they don't tend to make grand statements unless they really have the data and analysis behind it. The thing is that we don't know yet, Rob, is we don't know what that means, really. So one, I just invite people, don't panic. If panic was a strategy, we would all be crushing life in the U.S. right now. It's not (laughs) a strategy. It's just Mm -hmm. an emotional reaction to a possible future that hasn't happened yet. So try not to create a future that hasn't happened yet. Um, The second thing I would do is get really clear on what your objectives are in 2020 and 2021 and make sure, is that what you mean and is that what you're going to do? What's, what's helpful when there are crises is it forces all of us in our fields to, to get back to basics. What's our primary purpose here? What's our charge? What are we doing and are we doing that successfully? 
and revisit your mission and objectives and say, what really are we doing here? And then get super clear about that. And then the clarity on what is the cost of doing that? And there is a belief that you have to constantly be growing your budget to be growing your impact. Those two don't often go hand in hand. Sometimes they do, but they don't always. So if you stay steady at your budget for the next two years, you know, you're not going to, people aren't going to turn away from you because a steady state in the middle of a pandemic is a really healthy place to be. Some groups, you will see them grow because the, the times in which we live will require those groups to get a little bit larger to be effective. So absolute clarity on your primary directive and your primary purpose, clarity on the objectives and the cost associated with those. Any big plans you had, you may just per se, we're going to just side those for a bit. And then 100% communication about that with your donors. 100%. Because if you can show donors that your future thinking without panicking, you're actually inviting them to be part of that future with you. And so it's, you know, what we're going to do this fall and winter is this. We know that there are some variables that might impact, but we will pivot and shift if those variables require that we do that. But for right now with what we know, this is our purpose, these are our objectives, and this is how we'll meet them. You staying by our side throughout this fall, winter, and spring will ensure that we can achieve these, and we're so glad to be walking this path with you. And when donors look and say, they're not saying they have it all figured out, they're not saying it's perfect, but they have clarity, they have a definitive purpose. They have a sense of the direction they're going in. They're aware external factors could shape that a little, but they're open to that. And they will shift and pivot when that comes. That instills confidence in donors. You know, I was looking at when the pandemic really started March, April, May, June, watching which corporations got messaging right and which just failed miserably. And I thought the ones that would just be like, well, you're home, you should be buying things from us. And I was like, yeah, oddly, people aren't thinking about jeans right now when they're trying to, it's <laughs> right. not top of mind. Whereas there was one jeans company who did a brilliant ad that said, the last thing on your mind is a pair of jeans. We know this. So don't shop with us for a while. But when suddenly you're ready for a nice pair of comfy jeans, we'll be here. Don't worry. That's good. That's really good. It was completely well done. And they have done just fine all these months, right? So it's that. It's the ease and confidence that wasn't, dear consumers, you have to make it so that our company doesn't close. It was, we're here, we're staying the course, and we'll figure out how to stay that course, but we'll still be here for you. That is, I, that is the approach that I really invite nonprofits to take. Ease, confidence, and but able to really have clarity and see things uh, through a, a lens of reality without panic. Well, thank you. I really appreciate, again, you sharing your insights on the show. Um, uh, my listeners, you, as you can tell, as you listen to Kathy, uh, she has so many good 
insight. She has so much wisdom, partly because she has so much experience in this, and she is a great listener. And we've interacted multiple times uh, before the show, and I just know from her writings and then the interactions she has with leaders all over the country and, in fact, all over the world, she's just picked up so much knowledge. And so thank you for sharing those with us. Now, for my listeners who may be somewhat new to you, how can they find out more about you, your books, your writings? Um, where would you send them? Either a social media page, perhaps, or a website? Yes, I, I, Rob, I've hit that age where I just don't do social media anymore. I don't, something, <laughs> happened, something happened and I turned Freedom, it's called freedom. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so a couple of things, I, you know, I left consulting a bit ago and I took a director of philanthropy position with the Climate Justice Organization. Um, and so I want you to all know I'm out there in the trenches with you every single day um, and applying the very things that I have shared with you. Um, the places that I would recommend that you go for the best thinking. I can't say enough good about Inside Philanthropy. If that is not a platform you're aware of that's run by the fantastic David Callahan, if you really want to deep learning about what's on donors' mind, what are trends and um, forecasts in fundraising and philanthropy, what are other fundraisers going through? Inside Philanthropy is the spot to be. I can't say enough good about them. I read everything they write all the time and it just keeps me on my toes. Um, and the thing that I also invite you to do and my closing thought is it is so easy in the face of a lot of stress that we're all facing and enduring to, to, to look at what you think you don't have going for you. More often than not in my work that fundraisers have said to me, well, I've never done this before. I've never closed a gift like that, or I don't know. And that kind of liability frame is just going to tank you. I would like you, each of your listeners, to create a little asset map about yourself and say, what do I have going for me? And if you're someone who's kind and empathetic and thoughtful, then you bring all those skills forward in every email and every phone call. If you're someone who uses humor to deflate, bring the humor on. And share with donors why you love the organization you're with. That really matters to them. It matters that you're at this group and you're fighting for it. And they would love to know why this group and why this work for you. And bring your full self to the work and... I think you'll get better results, and more importantly, you'll get them with a greater ease and uh, a lot less stress. Wow. Well, I know my listeners are going to really enjoy listening to this podcast and take lots of notes. Kathy, thank you for taking time to be on the show, and thanks for all you're doing, and congratulations on the new role. That, Like I say, thank you're you. in the trenches with the rest of us, so thank I you. I am indeed. Keep up the great work. Truly. Rob, thanks for having me today. Thank you all so much. We're excited to have Aplos as the sponsor of this nonprofit podcast. And what's unique about Aplos is that they are dedicated not only to providing you with the best tools, but also to offering free training from their in-house experts and CPAs. Right now, you can get access to a solid webinar on five essential financial reports for nonprofit leaders. To get access, go to nonprofit.applos.com. Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. 
Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.